Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. You will immediately realise this is not the voice of Boyd Hilton. He was due to return from America today and we were going to record Monday evening, but his flight has been cancelled. So I feel a little bit like Aaron Ramsdale getting opportunity in the Brentford away game, but uh, I suspect Boyd will be back to presenting duties next week. I'm thrilled to be joined by two regular guests. Alan Alger is there. Hello, Al. Josh, how are you doing? I'm, I'm great. Just getting used to this presenting seat, all the pressure that comes with it. And we've got Jeff with us. Jeff, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, sir. Thank you very much. I'm just, I'm delighted that Alan Al was on board today. As am I. We are, we are always thrilled to have Al and we will give him his opportunity to criticise Martin Odegaard in, in no time at all, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> um, we'll be surprised if there's two minutes on the clock by the time we, we get to that. But um, no, well, look, it's, um, it's not been the weekend that we all wanted, has it, by any means? Could it could it have gone any more wrong, Al, or am I being over dramatic? Look, it could have it could have gone much more wrong. It could have been a, a really bad performance, couldn't it? And I don't think it was. Um I think there were little elements that we will pick apart and criticize where it's due, but um overall it wasn't an awful performance, and I don't think we lost where we lost in a way that would that that have lots of concerns. There are concerns, but not lots of concerns. So I think overall, I mean, it, it just kills the weekend. We're not used to losing, are we? Now, I mean, it's a great thing under under you know Mikel Arteta's stewardship over the last year and a bit. We're just not used to losing, and we're not used to these disappointments. And the the fact it's a rare feeling, and the fact that it can absolutely obliterate your whole weekend. I mean, I was absolutely just deflated on Saturday night. I cancelled plans, stayed in, and, uh, you know, it has that kind of effect. But at least it's rare. At least it's rare. And at least it wasn't a sort of 3 4 nil pumping where we, we didn't deserve a thing. There, there were elements to be concerned about, but not hugely. I hear you out. What were you going to do that you cancelled? Were you really feeling that low? <laughs> Well, look, I was due to go to the Aston Martin Formula One end-of-year party because uh, my partner does a bit of work for them. So, in in reality, yeah, I turned down quite a top bash, but I just couldn't be bothered. Right. Had Arsenal drawn the game one all, if that late goal counts from Hammer, Yeah, probably. You probably would, have headed, probably would have headed up to Milton Keynes for that, yeah. 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 There you go. Fine margins that dictate not only all, all of our feelings, but Alan Alga's social life that took a took a turn from a result of that um, non-award of, of goal, which we'll come on to as well. Um, you're probably right. 
aren't you, Al, that we shouldn't feel too despondent? Jeff, what, what did you make of it just, just overall? Because that wasn't the worst Arsenal performance we've seen even this season, in truth, was it? Uh, honestly, anybody that knows anything about football and, you know, the eye test, we, we, we should have won that game. Not only should we have at least drawn the game, I do believe that we should have won that game. I um, mean, all the play was, you know, I mean, they're all, they're all screaming about Emery and his how good he is, his tactical management about offsides and blah bloody blah But we, I think we, I think we absolutely battered them. Really, we just couldn't score. It's our own fault. We had, we had some good chances and we didn't stick them away. But on another day, it could have really been three or four. And it's, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm abs- I was so angry, like Alan. I was so angry at the time, um, but I'm, I'm a little bit over it. I'm going to have a little rant later on now when we get into the, the minutiae of, of why we didn't uh, get that goal, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you know what? Overall, I think we played really, really well. Uh, like I said, we dominated the play, and I do think we deserve something even more than a more than a draw. You know, I would have been probably disappointed if we got a draw, you know? I hear you. Well, Martinez sums it up. What what did he say, Alan, in the post-match interview? It was something along the lines of, we hung on for 85 minutes. I think he yeah, went I... to the disparity in the game against Man City, where they had been really dominant, whereas this one was they got an early goal and, and they had to hang on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting to look at those those games over the, the, the four games over the last few days. You, you had... Um, Luton and Aston Villa coming up against City and and ourselves across across two games from midweek to to the weekend. And when you look at the differences in the in the performances and and the way those games panned out, um, our one really is this sort of only anomaly in the fact that we didn't actually get pasted by Villa in the way that City did, albeit the same scoreline. So as Jeff says, it's it's more to do with understanding the game and seeing that we might have been a little bit more unlucky. Although, um, and I don't want to take this as gospel considering his Tottenham links, but Andros Townsend felt that that Luton had far more more joy. And obviously they scored three as opposed to one um, uh, against Arsenal than they did against City. And he just felt being on the pitch that they unpicked them a little more. So, um that probably points to a massive underperformance from City in that Villa game, and that's that. That might be the way of explaining it. Um, I just have a little bit of a. Um, I mean, I'm I'm going to back Unai Emery, Emery up. I, I I was never really down on him when he when he was manager. Um, <laughs> we can probably. <laughs> um, divert away from what he inherited because that would lead us down a totally different path that I'm sure none of the three of us want to go down. But look, if you go 1-0 up that early in a Premier League game against a team as good as us, then of course you're going to sit back a little bit and of course you're going to invite a little bit of pressure. And that's his way anyway. We saw that. His his game state leading stats for us were poor um, because he sat back a lot. He, he managed in a way that was successful uh, when he was in Spain and, and, and uh, for them on the, in the continental competitions that they had because other teams don't tend to respond in the way that Premier League teams do. So he's had to get used to that. But he's done that job. And look, he deserves a lot of praise. And, uh, you know, if they, I, I, th- I think the fact that they scored early meant that those XG stats are a little bit skewed in our favour, we we had to find an opening, and I think they're incredibly well drilled in defence. And you know, it, it, you know, it's not the same way that George Graham used to do it, but it, because it's a much higher line, we used to um, under George Graham, we used to get our offsides sort of much further back. They're, they're trying to do it a lot further up the pitch, um, but it's there for teams to unlock, and we didn't unlock it. No, we didn't, Jeff. Um, what, what do you think on on that side of things? What was your main takeaway there? Well, Alan's really summed it up quite well. I just, I mean, you know, you've got to give credence to to um, Unai Emery. Uh, 
He, he, we know the way he plays, the way he sets up. That's why he's been very successful in Europe. I mean, you know, his success in Europe is unbelievable. But they're they're a very uh, physical team, or we, you know, and and very they're all very fit, and you know, you can see that they're playing for each other. They look a little bit like the Leicester when they went and won won the league. You're thinking, well, you're not going to get beaten every now and again, but they. I mean, you know, they're two scalps now. On the spin, they beat Manchester City and Arsenal. They can't be any mugs. They're a proper football team. So it's going to be very difficult to to, to criticise them at the moment because they're doing so well. Whether they can keep it up or not, I don't know. With regards to us, again, I just think we one of those go one of those goals that goes in. It's very difficult for though for, for Villa then to switch back to trying to score another goal. They're very fortunate. I thought at the time. Ah, you know what? They've scored too early here. We're going to come back, nick one just before half time, and then we'll go on and win it. But it just didn't happen that way. But we was consistently, you know, trying to get in behind. We had all the plays sideways and everything else. Sometimes we've got to be a little bit cuter when they are playing that that high press, and they or the back the their back four or five was was coming very very high towards the halfway line. You've got to drop it in behind and let someone have a chase for it. Turn around. Defenders hate running towards their own goal because anything can happen, and that's what we've got to do. Sometimes we've got to be a little bit cuter. We've got good footballers that can do it, and even if you do it from like you know uh, Saka, if he, you know as he comes in, he just flick, flicks it in behind. And, and let, you know, let Martinelli or someone coming from the other side, and you know, even Trossard when he came on, who I was, I was a little bit disappointed about when he came on. He wasn't um, up to speed, and I, I thought he, he might have been the one that would would have helped us get that equaliser. So, but the disappointment was unbelievable. Yeah, it wasn't just um, one or two opportunities across the game. Was there? We we had numerous opportunities. I thought we won the ball really well, high up the pitch on numerous occasions and just didn't create quite as good an opportunities as, as we might have done. And that yeah. said, I think our XG, you probably got it out. Was it was it about 1.4? Some, something 1. like 1.58. 1.58. Um, 1. Yeah. So, you know, I think we did more than enough um, certainly to, to draw the game. Um, and yeah, the way that the goals sort of have, have been going in, certainly the way they went in on... Tuesday night at Luton, which I'll, I'll come on to because that was a, a joyful away experience to be in the away end at, at Kenilworth Road. Um, I think on another day, we, we take at least something from this game. And, and the reality is a draw would have felt like a, a very solid point to have um, gone there 14 games, you know, home wins in a row since we'd done it. So um, at least we did take three points um, in the week because there was a point entering the 96th minute at, at Kenilworth Road on, on Tuesday where it didn't look like it, um, Al. And you, did you cover Luton in your Blue Square days or am I going back too far? But it's a, No, I did. I did. did. I, right. I, I, I spent many years with, with them as a club, um, pretty much the same as Wrexham. I mean, Rex, Rex, Wrexham's headlines that they're getting now are, um, I can't even bring myself to watch the the documentary on Wrexham because uh, the amount of stuff I tried to do, even with their local paper, that even their local paper was saying no to their coverage when I was working with them, and now they've got this incredible, uh, incredible, uh, you know, light being shone on them. Uh, but Luton win the league at the same time and uh, did quite a little bit of work with them um, as one of the biggest teams in the division and. Um, when they won the conference title, I actually handed them the trophy on the pitch um, at, at, at Kenilworth Road. So those people that are there, uh, having attended the the playoff final, um, those people that are there are still there at the club. And and behind the scenes, it's incredible that the way that they are a family, as well as the fact they're fans and they're running a business and a football club that has sort of gone through the divisions in such such quick time. So um, I was actually cursing them a little bit on Monday because last year when I when I saw them and, and was working with them a little bit, I said, look, the only thing I would like is if you do go up, I'd love to come to the game because I know that tickets will be at a, at a premium. And um, it was Monday afternoon, so the day before the game, and someone said to me, are you going to the game tomorrow? And I said, oh, no, I'm not. Unfortunately, nobody's called me, so uh, I'm resigned to watching it on TV. And about 20 minutes later, I had a phone call from uh, 
from Luton Town saying um, you've got two with the Arsenal directors. So I was actually in with Vinay and uh, Edu, uh, Lord Harris of Peckham, uh, Richard uh, Garlic. I was sitting with them. Um, so, yeah, that was incredible. Uh, it was an amazing experience. But obviously, when we scored that last-minute winner, uh, all of us went up and uh, celebrated, which I, I don't think it is the done thing in, in directors' boxes when you're representing the club. But obviously, the fact it was a last-minute goal that was going to seal three points meant that we all did uh, get up and celebrate a little bit more wildly than the claps that we'd given our previous three goals in the game. So we got a hell of a lot of stick from the Luton fans that were around us um, and we had to calm down a few of them. But um, what an incredible experience to be part of the uh, the Arsenal party for that for that game. That is brilliant. We, we'll get back to the Villa game. I know we're not keeping the um, linear nature of how this podcast occasionally is, but were you sat with, did you get a chance to chat to the Arsenal hierarchy? Who are we signing in January? That's what we need to know, Al. I hope you asked. <laughs> Do you know what? I was trying to earwig. There was one conversation going on, and I'm assuming it was about Tomiyasu um, um, in terms of his new deal. And that's all I really picked up. Other than that, we just talked about the game, the same you probably would do if you were sat around uh, any other fans at a, at a stadium that you weren't normally sitting with. Yeah, we, we, we chatted around the goals. We celebrated the goals together. Um, Edu kept himself to himself. Um, he was at the end of the in the end of the row, but um, the rest of them were were behind us. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was interesting to to be in that kind of uh, environment. I mean, I've sat in directors' boxes before. I've sat in the Luton directors' box many many times before as a as a guest of sponsors, but not actually part of the away entourage, which was a, a new experience. Well, there you go, Hal. A disappointing lack of gossip from uh, sitting amongst the Arsenal hierarchy, but uh, we appreciated it uh, nevertheless. Um, I've got to say, we we weren't so reserved in the uh, away end with the celebrations. <laughs> that was something. I think there were a, there were a couple of injuries I saw from from where I was. It yeah, was certainly was... paramedic attention. Yeah, I was I was not right down the front, so I wasn't sort of going over the. Uh, the advertising hoardings, but um, even even Ricky, who, who was next to me, um, he was next to me when the goal went in, and about yeah, 30 seconds later, he was genuinely about six, seven rows down. He had, <laughs> it is absolutely, somehow ended up a long way from where he started. So, um, yeah, the game was over by the time he, he returned to his, his rightful, um, his seat, although we did have the novelty of it not, actually being reserved seating. I think it's the first ever time I've gone to a Premier League away game and you know it's it's sit where you like. So um that was a that was a, that was different. That was uh, a bit novel. Just um just back to uh, Aston Villa game for a minute, Jeff. Yeah. There will be the conspiracy theorists, of which there are many, that suggested the match officials are not with us. Did did we deserve a penalty for Gabriel Jesus's well, the foul um, on Gabriel Jesus's foot, where it did seem like there was connection, where you've 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 seen them given, haven't you? Especially as we saw earlier in the day, didn't we? The the penalty that Liverpool conceded to Crystal Palace, and it it wasn't too dissimilar. Yeah. Well, well, I think our one was a little bit worse. Personally, I don't think it was a penalty. However, if they're going to give a penalty for the Liverpool one. This is the problem that the PGMOL and the referees have got. There is no consistency. All we want is consistency. And we're not getting, it's not level. It's not a level playing field for every single game for each and every team. And if you give it for Liverpool, and I, I guarantee you that the referee that refereed our match had seen the replay of the highlights of that game, right? So, so you've got the referee. And then the VAR, right? So if it, 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 it was ex- exactly the same, our one was maybe a little bit worse, right? So how you don't get it given, I'll never know. I don't think it's a penalty. But if, if they're going to give one, they've got to give the other one, you know? But, you know, we'll, we'll come on to the conspiracy theories maybe a little bit later on. Uh, and and uh, again, that Luton, we'll go back to Luton just for one minute. The Luton game, you talked about the celebrations. We was penalised. 
with Mark Mikel Arteta getting that yellow card so he couldn't be on the sidelines. And we I trust me, he would have definitely made a difference being on the sidelines. Uh, Aston Villa. Josh. No, I, I I did love Rob Edwards' response to that. Did you see that, Al? He was asked about it, and I think what was the phrase he used? Did he, did he refer to the idea yeah. he would have been crowd surfing? Yeah, yeah. Big, yeah. Big, yeah. I, I quite like that. Even the humility of uh, well, reflecting on what a difficult moment that must have been because they have been, you know, not far away from beating Liverpool seconds away from getting a point against Arsenal and then, you know, leading with an hour gone against Man City and they've come away with, what, one point? Yeah, I, I think he's a fantastic manager. Um, he's the second one in a row to try and be stoked up by journalist questions to to criticise Mikel Arteta's celebrations that has refused to play ball. So, all credit to him. And the previous one was obviously Thomas Frank from the Brentford game. And... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was terrible decision-making from whoever decided to to book Mikel and uh, get him banned for the game. Um, I mean, someone on the touchline on the far side said that it was quite literally just a toe over the, um, the edge of his technical area, um, which, I mean, if that's true, it's, it's just completely ridiculous. Yeah, had he been in the director's box for the previous game, we, of course, might have seen him sat next to you, Al. Yeah, I did keep thinking that. When, <laughs> I kept thinking that when they kept uh, showing him in the in the director's box at, uh, at Villa Park because that position with Vinay right behind was actually the one that I was in uh, at Luton Town. So um, I think Luton may have moved me or I might not have got the invite if... Uh, they needed that row, front row of the of the box for someone more important like Mikel. On the uh, the Amazon cameras would have been uh, finding you, Jeff. Were you watching it on on the Amazon coverage? What did you make of it? Uh, I, I was watching it, but I wasn't on the Amazon coverage. Um, but uh, yeah, what um, uh, you were talking about the Luton game or the Villa game? No, the Luton. Yeah. No, the, the, I was I was just going to comment on the on the Amazon uh, coverage, which um, I think got. Well received, I would say, didn't it? Al? I don't know if you crossed much of it on the on the, on the other days. I did like the camera they had. Al, you must have noticed it. So was that on your side, Al? The camera that would have been all the way along the whole side of the pitch that sort of moved. I thought it gave a really nice um, coverage of, of the game and the replays. Although I don't know if you no, that was that, that was on a wire in the temporary stand, which was near you. Yeah, you were yeah, across the temporary that. Stand, okay. which, yeah, I was the other side in the old stand. Um, yeah, they, they usually use them a lot in horse racing, which is really clever, obviously, because like if you put that in the final furlong of a, a horse race, you can make sure the camera um keeps up to pace with with the with the horses. Um and they've got a very similar camera in there. It's automatic and it just tracks the play. Um, which is yeah, which is really good. Um the highlights themselves, I thought the coverage was pretty good, but I didn't see the whole presentation. Fair enough. I, uh, I won't go further on, on on reflecting on the Amazon coverage you didn't see. But uh, yeah, well done to everyone involved in the Amazon. We, of course, saw the new uh, football deal for the TV rights announced, which will be commencing the season after next. 270 live Premier League games. Uh, but this, just to stick with Alan, conscious you're, you're very much there, Jeff, but just stick with Alan. They're, they're protecting still the 3 p.m. kickoffs, aren't they? There is not going to be this uh, Premier League live football here in England up against the uh, EFL. Um, There's probably something you, you've come across and clubs you've worked with over the years, probably quite happy to see that continue. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, it's in place for a very, very good reason. And what they've done is they, they've, I suppose they've given a little bit back saying that the Sunday games now can be your choice. Um and I think a few people might have preferred to maybe watch Everton Chelsea yesterday, <laughs> considering the the terrible uh, Chelsea are in at the moment. Might have preferred to see that and uh, enjoy cheering on Everton. But you'll get the choice of the Sunday games now, and that bumps it up a little bit more. Um, and there'll be, I think, there's a couple more midweeks. And look, I think that's really good. But the three o'clock Saturday is a sacred time, and we're having more three o'clock kickoffs ourselves this season just because of the Champions League football. Um, I think we're going to have the season with the most three o'clock Saturday 
uh, kickoffs in in a very long time, possibly even a, a, you know a decade or so. And I, I think it's good. And look, I'm someone that on a on a Saturday when Arsenal aren't playing, will try and source tickets for other games or even go to lower league games. And I think that's a good thing. The thing is, I mean. To me, if you could watch any of the Saturday kickoff, Saturday three o'clock kickoffs that were on this weekend, you might say Man U Bournemouth got exciting when when Bournemouth went uh, were leading. But I'd have probably preferred to have been at a non-league game or or something like that. Other people, they've only got an interest in the Premier League, and I don't think they are potential attendees of those lower league games. So I think the rule is in place for a good reason, but it might not prevent the people that really do want to watch the Premier League from um, from going to games that they would never have gone to anyway. So uh, they've got the right outcome, but probably the wrong rule. Yeah. Look, we're, we're getting closer on with, there's going to be more Premier League football on TV than ever. So just to clarify, it's 270 of the 380 Premier League games are going to be on telly. So, um, you know, the clear, the clear majority will be uh, available and, and 80% pretty much of that is going to be on Sky, 20% pretty much on, on TNT and there won't be Amazon uh, Premier League football come uh, the year after next. Um, let's just take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jeff, just coming back to one of the big talking points coming out of the Villa game was Ben White coming in for a little bit of criticism, which has been creeping in from a certain part of the fan base. He hasn't been as regular a starter as he once has been under Mikel Arteta. What what do you make of that criticism? Did you put him at fault for the Aston Villa goal? Um, I just think he's a fantastic player, to be honest with you. I mean, he has, I think he's maybe one of those players that needs to play every week to keep sharp. Uh, and that may, I mean, it was early in the game, wasn't it? I think everyone, we, we, we have, we have a knack. We, or we seem to have got out of it, but we had, had a knack of not starting games as sharp as what we should do and conceding early. And again, if you concede a goal against an Unai Emery team, you're 1-0 down. You know you're going to have a struggle to try and even just get back, and which we did all the game. Uh, ben White, I don't know. I don't, you know, I just, I, I think he's a great player. I do think that he'll, he'll, you know, maybe he's got a bit of a problem with fitness because I know he's been out a few times, hasn't he, already this season, and Tommy Asa was at the come in. Um, but I'm a, I'm a lover of Ben White. I think he's a fantastic player. He's a great buyer. And uh, he will. I mean, he will. He will pick up again. He will get better for sure. Yeah, I mean, those that want to um, go for his defence would cite injury issues and, and coming back. Al, do you think there's been a little bit of an overreaction to that? You're still still a fan of, of Ben White. Still see him as very much our, our first choice right back. Huge fan of Ben White. Um, really big fan. Uh, You're but... a very you're a very big fan of backing him on assists, if I recall right. Certainly last season. 
Yeah, um, unfortunately, the bookmakers have got their heads around that now and, and realise he's not a centre-back. It took them a whole season to realise he's not a centre-back anymore. Um, so you could back him at centre-back prices to get assists, which he did um, with regularity last season. Uh, the one at Luton Town, he was priced around 7-2, to two, which I think is about the right price. So I didn't bother going in again. Uh, this season, but last season you could make hay with uh, with his price. What I was going to say is that, um, I, and I and I do love him, and I I would have him there, and I don't think I would replace him with many in uh, in the game, and any potential targets that were realistic to us, I wouldn't replace him. That said, this thing about ball watching is just creeping in a little bit. The Tottenham game, loose ball. Ball watched, they got the ball across to go 2-1 up. Newcastle, albeit all the other things that happened in the incident for their goal, one of them was that he didn't play to the whistle and he didn't get out as quick enough to, to the um, to the player. And then here against Villa, I want to blame Zinchenko for the initial part of that attack um, because, uh, as they highlighted on commentary, um, I'm not someone who agrees with Jamie Carragher that often, but Carragher noted that Zinchenko wasn't just playing in the advanced role when we had the ball. He was doing it when we didn't have the ball and he, he, he gets caught out on the Villa goal. But again, the person that's slow to react to what's going on over the back is, uh, is Ben White, unfortunately. Now, those three things all seemed really obvious when you watched it in real time. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going too far here to say, because he's not someone that likes football or watches football that often, maybe those aspects of the game pass him by a little bit. Maybe I'm going too far with that, but as it, you, you watch the Tottenham one again. It's their second goal with their 2-2 draw. He doesn't realise what's about to happen, which is really unusual for a, for a well-drilled an excellent defender like he is. The Newcastle one, he stops, thinks that the the, the whistle's going to go, but then doesn't advance towards the player and allows the cross to come in. Same with the Villa one. And I just think, you know, someone, some of you say, like, I, I can read a game well, I'd be awful at playing it um, at that level. I, I just wonder if he doesn't read the game that well because he's not a fan. Mm. Decent point. Um, he must have to watch a huge amount of uh, football and the training and, you know, to get to the level that, that he gets to. Now, I mean, this is someone who's represented his, his country. Well, you talk about watching football and his country. Wasn't that the disagreement that he had? And that was why he came home from the World Cup. All speculation was that he didn't want to watch games or, or be part of the analysis and joining in with the others watching the World Cup games. And that's what led to the disagreement so I don't think it's that far-fetched well well um Alan we'll leave uh we've gone from one conspiracy theory to to another (laughs) uh, with you Albert we'll 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 go to it I mean look overall I I think Alan is is so often come to you in, in in the betting which um gives us an indication where we were we would have taken being you know, somewhere between three to one and seven to two at this stage of of the season. Man City, of course, a good weekend for them with their victory. Um, Arsenal losing, Liverpool um, winning. Le- leaves Arsenal, Liverpool, pretty much neck and neck behind Man City in the in the betting. It does, yeah. Um, I mean, Liverpool have gone shorter just because their their run of form and the, and I suppose the doubts a little bit over. Um, over Arsenal's XG. Um, something that Albino, who's obviously an excellent account to follow, pointed out yesterday was to do with um, the percentage difference between the XG conceded and the XG score, uh, sorry, the XG um, four. So that four and against figure, our percentage is really low. So we've not got much margin of error. Um, because even if we restrict a team to, say, half a goal on XG, we're not actually overperforming the other side to say that we would be miles clearer of them. So that percentage difference is the lowest in the division. It's lower than 
you know, think of all the teams at the bottom you think are performing badly at the moment. It's lower than all of those. And I think maybe the betting community who use those stats, um, obviously quite a bit, uh, that's got through and that's made Liverpool second favourites. So um, we're around four to one on, on the on the exchange market, which which is a better indicator because it has all the inputs. Um, and Liverpool around seven to two. And City have gone odds on um, with that win at Luton, albeit a not convincing one. Uh, and obviously the big movers are Aston Villa. You know, um, people are saying it's it's like doing a Leicester. Look, it's it's. I know, I know uh, Jeff, you were talking more about the style of play rather than the the odds when you said that. But some people have mentioned that the odds will be like doing a Leicester. It, it won't at all. They 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 had a starting price for the season at around about a hundred to one. Um, and you know that was about right. It was backed in a little bit um, when when people were sort of seeing elements of their performance that looked good. Uh, but it, it won't be a Leicester. It won't be a thousand, five thousand to one shot. Um, but look, they're as short as fourteen to one, so they are being taken very seriously. And um, you know that's uh, half the price Tottenham are at the moment. Yeah, falling to one for those who wanted to back Aston uh, Villa. 15 home wins in a row. Um, well, if that keeps carrying on, um, that will be um, those odds will be shortening. I think the, the was was Wenger's longest home run. I think 13. I might have seen. So, just go to show uh, just quite how remarkable um, what our former manager has done um, at Aston Villa. Um, look, we we turn our attentions, don't we, to to Europe and how great it is to have a completely dead rubber. This is everything you could have hoped for when you get a Champions League group, that you have that one game um, that doesn't matter. Now, of course, the thinking was fantastic. We can go and give everything at Aston Villa, get some points there, and then it, it doesn't matter what happens on the Tuesday and we've got time to recover for Brighton. That isn't quite the situation, but but given it's a dead rubber, what, what do you expect with the team tomorrow, Jeff? I mean, presumably people like Ramsdale presumably given a game, although you never quite know. Who else are you hoping to so you get an opportunity. No, yeah, I think he's going to go quite. Um, it will give a lot of the, um, you know, the people that's on the subs bench uh, a game. He might even give a couple of youngsters Wanieri uh, a game. But I think he'll still go. Um, still go. You know, he'll have maybe two centre halves. Might be expect. He might put Pukuro in there, um, and I might pay. Might play Gabriel. I'll definitely rest Saliba, uh, and I do think he'll go. He'll, he won't want to go. He won't want to go out there and get a, a trouncing. You understand me? So it will be like a. He'll put a half a decent side out, but you know what? You've got to give these guys a chance and and put them in there and say, listen, if you want to get in the first team, when you get a chance like this, you've got to go and you've got to go and take it. So these boys, the youngsters, and whoever else is going to come in. They've got to go in and take their chance. But I would, I would definitely rest them because Brighton's going to be very, very difficult with the weekend. And we definitely do not want to slip up in that game because then you get that little bit, you know, the confidence gets pulled about, doesn't it? So it's it's a tough one, but I would definitely I'd go out there with a with a you know a semi-strong team. But the, the players that we've got coming in should be able to deal with the uh you know that that particular game and it'll be good for their experience as well. Certainly will. I mean, this is uh, it goes without saying, but this isn't going to be straightforward um, going going there. Even though we were so dominant in the um, in the in the reverse fixture. I mean, we talked about the title race in England, Alan and Man City, just about odds on. PSV fifteen wins from fifteen games. Currently, uh, a best price of one to ten for the uh, for the Dutch title. So uh, it, it's, uh, wow. it's a proper game for whoever goes going over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Ajax are absolutely floundering at the moment, which uh, needs to be taken into account. Um, yeah, I mean, they're decent enough, but we 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 easily overcame them in the in the home game, and we've earned the right to send. And I really do think we should have been sending um, a, a, a very young team over there. I wouldn't have had any of the first team players in there. Um, in fact, it, weirdly, we have to fulfil a fixture for the the Youth Champions League in the afternoon 
in Eindhoven. So the 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 um the squads are usually matched up. So when we play a home game in the Champions League, we'll in, in the group stages, we usually at Boreham Wood in the afternoon we'll play the the youth team of um of whoever we're playing. So the groups are drawn the same. I mean to me, I I I would be rotating both teams and, and using one for one and uh one for the other. I I genuinely wouldn't be picking any any player that um that we need for the league campaign. You know, we can lose 10 0 and still drop top the group. We can lose 20 0. I, I I really don't it's it's a completely dead game. I wouldn't take it seriously at all. I really wouldn't. Um I'm I'm surprised anyone is. I'm really surprised anyone is. So I, I I genuinely think it's a chance to have a week off. They're talking about Saka missing training because he's got a knock, but we'll travel. I mean, why on earth are we dragging him? And it's not that far, obviously, to get to Holland and back, but why on earth are we dragging him away when we could say to him, put your feet up for the week and let's focus on some really huge December games where games come thick and fast, including some really difficult ones. Um, and, 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 you know, get get yourself in the right headspace and physicality to take those on. I, I find it baffling. I find it really baffling. I actually also thought that it was a missed trick from Arteta not to get four or five bookings for for the players that were on um, that were on bookings. Uh, I think uh, towards the end of the Lons game when we were leading, Declan Rice should have maybe tried to take a booking. Gabriel Jesus should have tried to take a booking. I think Ben Wyatt and Poss. I forget who else. It might have been Jorginho was the other one and could have got their bookings out of the way and, and then got suspended for this game. Um, yeah, really strange, really strange management. And I want to see, I want to see that we're taking all precautions to keep the squad fit or to keep the availability of players. And and I don't think we are, and it, it might cost us. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would agree with you about the the querying. Certainly, the the news coming out about Bukayo Saka today that he missed missed training and yet was going to be part of this uh, group going over to Holland. Martinelli does seem that he will miss the game due to illness. Um, so uh, we hope he's obviously back at least for the for the weekend. I mean, the questions will be about uh, young players, perhaps Rule Waters uh, get, getting an opportunity hasn't had too much of. Um, of that at all. I mean, Cedric Suarez, I, I I feel a little bit sorry for the guy, though. I mean, he, he has featured, I think, for a couple of minutes in the League Cup game against Brentford. He just sits on our bench now every single week. And he can't, for a moment, think he's, he's... I mean, like, what would have to happen? We've had such issues at right-back, and still he can't get a game. Um, of course, he spent uh, half of last year on, on loan at... Um, uh, on loan at Fulham, didn't he? And then we, you know, he'd only sort of appeared for a few minutes, even before that, in the first half of the of the season for Arsenal. So I don't know. This the this side of me which thinks that maybe he deserves a, a run out um, tomorrow. Um, and then I expect Reese Nelson, who of course one of the subs that came on at Villa Park, as was uh, Eddie and Ketia. Um, I suspect they'll both get an opportunity. I just um, wonder if it will be a little bit stronger than perhaps we we would all do. But it'd be fantastic to see. Um, at least some of the youngsters, even if it's off the bench, get get important minutes um, and experience. Um, what, what's your prediction, Jeff, for this uh, trip to PSV? It's so hard without seeing the team. Yeah, you know what? I think we're going to. I think we're struggling out there. I mean, is it a complete dead rubber? Can PSV? Can, I mean, I've not looked at the league. Are they? Are they? Are they second or are they out? No, they're fine. They're absolutely okay. Fine. Well, you, you know, I think I think they'll both put two scratch teams out and just let them have a tear up over it. I don't know. I won't in that case. I'm going to go two two. Yeah, I mean they they can't lose by more than three, um, which I doubt they would anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it is a complete dead rubber. Having said that, if they if they if they play that 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 game where they just try to play us off the park with uh, like the home game uh, I don't think they're going to let us do that surely because you know we may yeah they didn't, they didn't scout us very well for that for that oh. home game in, in, in fact it was weird because after the Brentford away game obviously Saka said he's he's not enjoying Premier League teams scouting mm. him and doubling up on him but our our Champions League opposition I don't think they scouted us very well which is obviously bodes well for the rest of the competition if they're not um, 
if they're not paying that much attention and uh, and doing that. Maybe we'll get much more joy in the Champions League. Hmm. Uh, well, there you go. Um, the news. I think PSV actually are already through. Al, I know about the, the three goals, but I think because of the results head to head, I think they are actually already through. So this is the the ultimate of, uh, of dead rubbers in the uh, UEFA uh, Champions League. Did you give us a score prediction now? Oh, I mean, on that basis, I think that just because their home crowd are there, they might nick it one nil, two one. There you go, um, Alan, uh, covering a couple of results. I would say uh, we will go down 2-1. I think there will be a defeat. But we, we come home to Brighton. Ali, are you back in the director's box? Are you slumming it in club level? <laughs> I'll be in club level, I think. I, I don't think I'll ever get an invite to the Arsenal director's box uh, uh, for a home game. Shame. You never know. You never know. You cement never. your friendship there with Vinay. <laughs> yeah. You could have said, "I've forgotten who I am straight away." He's, he's going right. soon, though, isn't he? So it wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't worth building the foundations of a friendship there. Um, no, I'll be in club level. I'll be in club level. Okay, we'll see you in club in club level. Uh, Jeff, you'll be back at the Emirates on the on Sunday. Well, indeed, yeah, upper tier, first four rows in the central central area. Lovely, uh, nice yeah. bottle of blue prime, probably oh. for you to get you through the game. I, <laughs> I like I like being up upstairs and where you can see all the the whole of the play, you know, the offsides and the, and the game. I think the uh, I think it's honestly I do think it's better than club level. I just see the game better, uh, so that that's what that's what my preference is. But you're telling me I'm wasting my money, Jeff. Jeez. No, no, certainly not. I would never. <laughs> I sell club levels, Al. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I that, that'd be a Gerald Ratner moment. I can't say that. <laughs> now, Al, oh, uh, Brighton have uh, eight, eighth in the Premier League uh, at the moment. Had a had mixed uh, results, I guess, dur- during the season, but definitely, you know, dangerous at times, aren't they? What What, what do you make of, of, of this matchup? They come into the game off the back of uh, they in midweek. They beat Brentford at home, but then they drew one one with Burnley. So pretty disappointing result and they play of course Thursday so we do have the extra couple of days because they go to um they welcome sorry Marseille in the uh Europa League albeit they are they are already through yeah um I mean that I think the Burnley result doesn't tell the full picture and again um it's interesting using XG for a Brighton game because um it does have its roots with the Brighton owner um they they would have won that game three one on XG and I mean that's enough to suggest that they deserve to win that game. Um, but look, you've got to put the ball away, and that sometimes has been their problem. And uh, they do take the right kind of shots, they play the right kind of way, they tend to play the right percentage game, but it doesn't often work out for them. Uh, and it will be a very interesting matchup because I, I think. Their, their goals from open play is one of the highest percentages in the whole division. Um, whereas our percentage difference, I think 40% of our goals in the Premier League have come from, from set pieces or penalties or uh, from from free kicks. So it, it'll be really interesting because their open play goals are huge. Um, yeah. And I think we've struggled against that kind of team. So well, I, I'm a bit, little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried about it. Well, if we look at Brighton's last three visits oh. to the Emirates, um, I don't know if you if you have if you're aware of this, but it, it's three defeats for Arsenal. Of course, they came. Yeah, and I don't think we've scored, season. have we? Have we scored um, three nil in the in the Premier League last season, which really completely um, ended three nil in the cup. Tiny hope of, the, of, the, of the title. They beat us three one in 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 the League Cup. Three oh, uh, going back to the previous April was a. 2-1 home defeat um, as well. So, yeah, we've got a really poor record um, against them. And even that, that 2-1 defeat, you might remember, was um, Odegaard grabbing a, a goal towards the end of the game to, to try and rescue something. Um, and we didn't get it. So, are we going to put it right, Jeff, as you watch down from the upper tier? You know what? I'm, I, I, I do fear them because they... they not only, but they give us a proper schooling the last two games. I know that for sure. I mean that the last the last year was unbelievable. Uh, they we just got a proper schooling, trying to play their particular game because you know the Zerbi's really really got them organised. They're all good footballers. I know they've lost a couple of players since then, and um, their results have been a little bit indifferent, haven't they, this season? 
took a couple of defeats when they shouldn't have done. Uh, so I'm hopeful, but again, it's it's going to be a difficult game because you come into the Emirates, so you know teams they always come at they always play up when they come to the Emirates, Emirates, you know, so they've got something to look forward to. It's a nice, good pitch, always a heavy crowd there, Um, you know, so it's going to be a tough game, really, really tough. Yeah, it most certainly will be. Um, Al, what what are you going for then? You went for a defeat in Eindhoven, but uh, are we going to bounce back with a win against Brighton? Uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever predicted an Arsenal defeat on here for a home game like this. I don't really want to, but I I do feel that it might be a draw. Um, As I say, I totally fear the way they play, that their their goals from open play stat is is pretty incredible. And um, they just create enough chances that I just don't think we've got the defence to deal with it at the moment. And that goes against all the stats that show that us and Liverpool right at the top of those defensive uh, uh, stats when you just look at purely goals against but I think we've been a little bit lucky um, and this is just the type of team you don't want to play at this time 2-2 uh, I'm going to go 2-2 for uh, optimistic uh, Alan definitely not too optimistic um, Jeff give us a score yeah I do think that um, we, we. I think we're going to need to score first for sure if we if we concede first, then I, I don't know what it's going to be. But I do think we'll we'll come through. We'll probably beat them two one. Yeah, I'm going to go for a two one victory uh, as well. Try and uh, end it on some some positivity there. Um, well, fantastic! Thanks so much for both of you for for jumping on. Um, everyone will be much relieved to hear that Boyd is is back from America uh, in a matter of hours, and he'll uh, be back to uh, rightful hosting duties. So um, hopefully, by the time you listen to us on the next podcast Cedric would have been allowed to play some football that would be a nice touch and then maybe we've uh, got a result in Holland and hopefully uh, back to winning ways who knows even come this time next week might even be back top of the table um, Al Jeff thank you cheers Josh pleasure and Thanks we'll see me. you next week If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.